0: Hello and welcome to Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services provider for emerging markets executives. We partner with business leaders at over 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools and data that helps power their emerging markets business strategies. The focus of today's podcast is evaluating and managing distributors across Central and Eastern Europe. My name is Anna Rosenberg, Senior Analyst for Sub Saharan Africa at FSG, and I will be moderating today's podcast. Joining me for today's conversation from FSG's London office is Martina Bojedjeva, Associate Practice Leader for Central and Eastern Europe and author of our latest report on distributor management in CEE. As a reminder, This research and all of our content is available via our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. Martina, thank you for joining us today. To get us started, could you give us some context about how distributor management fits within companies' CEE strategy?
1: Thank you, Anna. As growth in Western Europe slows, um, a growing number of multinationals are looking to central and eastern Europe. To boost their performance in the EMEA region. And um, an increasingly large number of multinationals are still relying on distributors in one form or another uh, to drive growth in key emerging markets like Russia, Turkey, Poland, and others. We actually polled our client base and we found that the vast majority of our clients um, continue to use distributors either as their only uh, strategy for accessing some of these markets or uh, in combination with a direct presence. Either way, what it tells us is that that distributors are still a very important part of how multinationals are looking at driving growth um, in emerging markets. Um, The um, challenge there is that multinationals also increasingly need their distributors to be strategic partners um, rather than pure resellers. And um, that cannot be easily done in every um, Central and Eastern European markets. As I'm sure a lot of our clients are familiar with, uh, many of the local distributors that they have to work with tend to be smaller companies that were started by an individual or a family, um, they're not mature developed businesses. And because of that, building these types of partners into strategic partners can, uh, can be a challenge that um, a lot of our clients face. So what we've produced is a report that helps our clients think through a framework that allows them to consistently um, and in a structured way manage their distributors and support them in becoming the types of strategic partners that they really need them to be.
0: That's very interesting, Martina. Could you tell us a bit more about this process?
1: Um, A lot of companies have processes for distributor management. In fact, for a lot of companies, this is a key capability that they have. But what we find when working with a large number of emerging markets executives is that approaches to distributor management could vary significantly from one market to the other, um, or they could be too standardized and straightforward to really allocate for local nuance. Either way, we find that uh, structured, clear distributive management process is something that multinationals don't always think about. Uh, They have practices, they always do them because that's how they've always done them. Uh, But um, having a process that um, has thought behind it Um, it really helps to clarify what's the right approach to managing distributors and what's the right approach to really getting them to perform uh, beyond where they are right now. Um, One of the things um, that companies need to do first to build the capabilities of their partners uh, and turn them into these types of strategic partners we're talking about is um, to know what kind of capabilities they need from them. Um, so first, for themselves, multinationals need to be clear about what it is that they're looking f- for from their local partners. Um, and uh, we actually have developed a simple, straightforward diagnostic that our clients can use um, to compare two things. First, it allows them to get a sense of, for their particular business, for their particular industry, in a particular market, what it is that they really need from their distributors. Not every capability is going to be equally important. Some will be much more significant to performance than others. Um, so companies uh, can really um, target the ones that really matter to their business. Parallel to that, um, companies can also use a diagnostic to evaluate whether or not their current distributors in that market do actually Um, support that particular need or that particular capability. Do they have it? Do they not have it? Um, Do they have it, but it's underdeveloped? Um, Matching these two will give companies a sense of whether or not um, there may be gaps between what they really need from their distributors and what their distributors are delivering. And this goes uh, well beyond pure sales metrics, which is typically the way distributors are evaluated. If you evaluate sales metrics, you're actually evaluating something that happened in the past and that's something that may or may not be driven by best practices. So in the long term, um, if a distributor is getting um, to hit their targets in a way that's not sustainable for your business, it could hurt you. If you're evaluating the capabilities, you're making sure that you're aligning what that distributor does on a daily basis with your future needs. Um, and it really helps companies uh, move their distributors from pure resellers to more of a strategic partner. Now um, that let's say you have gone through that diagnostic uh, and you have identified a few gaps where you think your distributor needs to perform better based on your business's needs, um, what you can do then is think about what it would take to um, bring the distributor's capabilities to the point where you need them to be for your business in that market. Um, and one of the things we we're suggesting that our clients do is think about um, how they, as a business, are um, incentivizing, monitoring, and supporting their distributor for that particular capability. So making this a very narrowly focused question about what it is that, as a business, you're actually doing to get the distributor to perform in that way. Um, and, um, one of the interesting things that we found is that many times multinationals want certain things from their distributors, but their distributor management process doesn't actually, um, lead the distributors to behave that way or to build those capabilities. Um, for example, a company might be, uh, monitoring a distributor for, um, their sales performance, incentivizing them on the number of large accounts they get and supporting them on, technical expertise, which has nothing to do with either one of the other two. What this does is it doesn't actually allow you to allocate resources efficiently because the different parts of the distributor management process can almost work at cross purposes rather than support each other and reinforce each other. And it also is an inefficient allocation of resources uh, because uh, you're not sending a clear message to the distributor about what it is that you really want from them and what it is that they as a business should be focused on. It dilutes the message and uh, it makes them more likely to focus on pure sales growth to the detriment of everything else, to the detriment maybe of your brand or of uh, the compliance practices that you expect them to adhere to. It can really create mismatches between what you really need from them and what it is that they're actually delivering to you. Now, what we're suggesting is that companies um, take a very simple approach to thinking about a comprehensive distributor management process that aligns incentives, monitoring, and support to all support one and the same capability, where they're all going to be reinforcing that one thing that you think your distributor really needs to be working on. And this can change over time. So as your business evolves or as the distributor uh, becomes more sophisticated, this can change. Um, It's really something that can easily be adapted. But it's a thought thought structure, if you will, um, that will help you understand... Uh, where you should allocate resources, where you shouldn't even bother allocating resources and, say, supporting distributors. Um, And that it would make it much easier to clearly define what it is that you're trying to get out of them, both for your own internal evaluation processes and also for communicating with the distributor itself. This sounds
0: quite intuitive and straightforward. So can you give us some example how this actually works in practice?
1: It sounds straightforward, and in some cases it would be. Um, In other cases, um, once you start implementing it in practice, it becomes a little bit more um, sophisticated, if you will. Um, I wanted to give an example of uh, Canon, um, a company that did this by completely revamping its distributor management process. This is not something every company needs to do, uh, but what Canon needed to do was uh, it worked with a large number of local resellers in Turkey. A lot of them were very, very small, you oh businesses um, uh, run by a person or a family. Um, They were not exactly sophisticated, shall we say. Now, this uh, was problematic because Canon was looking to grow its presence in corporate accounts in Turkey. And to be able to get business in corporate accounts and then to serve them effectively, um, they needed to have um, resellers on the ground who were able to provide after sales support, have um, high technical qualifications, were able to uh, provide right solutions these accounts rather than mere products and just delivering products. Uh, So they needed their distributors to take it up a notch, if you will. And um, they found that the processes they had in place at that point were not getting them there. And they decided that they needed to redesign their distributor management process um, to support that particular goal, which in that case was getting the distributors to provide value added services. Um, And what they did is um, they aligned their incentive structure their monitoring structure and their support structure to all um, drive value added services across their um, local resellers. And just to give you a few examples of how they did that, can create an accreditation system um, where they would categorize their distributors based on whether or not they fit certain. Uh, they had certain capabilities, so whether or not they provided certain products, whether they had trained people who could operate some more sophisticated machinery that they had, uh, whether or not they had people who could go to a corporate account and actually do uh, repairs there, things like that. Um, and they had a very specific list of criteria that would qualify a certain partner for a certain accreditation um, now this was on the um, on the monitoring side of it on the um, support side, Canon uh, provided lots of training to their distributors, both to the companies themselves, but also to the individual salespeople too. And uh, that took a range of different forms, anything from online training to embedding people within the distributors. So they took a very comprehensive approach at it. And their goal was to make these businesses more sophisticated and to help them grow. Um, in terms of the incentive side of the story, uh, what Canon did is, uh, once it um, um, it um, created its accreditation system, this was also the way in which they would monitor distributors um, and in which they would incentivize them. A distributor that qualified for a certain accreditation automatically got points that they can they you then use to purchase, if you will. Um, Things like additional training or additional marketing support, uh, maybe rebates for the different products that they were selling. So if you were accredited, you actually got something tangible out of it. And the more highly accredited the partner was, the more competitive they became in the marketplace. So it became unprofitable, if you will, for partners that, to, to be uh, not accredited and to be very, very weak. Uh, the, the system itself pulled everybody up. And all of that was done um, through a hands-on system of both support on the ground uh, with um, local Canon employees going to distributors, working with them, discussing problems, etc., and implementing this system. Um, And it was also done um, through an actual online portal where uh, partners would each have a profile uh, where they would be able to input some of their information um, and Canon would have access to that information. And they, on the other hand, were able to get uh, training, materials, uh, as well as any formal communication from Canon um, in one place. Um, And this was also an effective structure both for communicating with distributors and disseminating information, um, and also for gathering information, because Canon essentially had access to detailed profiles for each of its partners that were updated in real time, Um, and it allowed them to then see what's going on on the ground and adjust their structure accordingly.
0: This is a very comprehensive process and uh, also probably quite resource intensive. Are there simpler ways for companies to use this approach?
1: Um, Yeah. So for Canon, this was a strategic priority in Turkey, and it was working with a set of uh, partners, lots of partners, who needed significant support to get to the point uh, where their... Um, able to be the type of, uh, the type of uh, strategic partners that kind of need it from them. But other multinationals might not need this. Maybe it's just a matter of uh, getting your distributor to share more information about uh, potential customers with you. It can be very um, small in scope or it can be very broad in scope. The process is the same. Um, you need to um, determine the capability that you're looking to build in your partner Um, and then you have to basically build a process around it. Determine what KPIs you want to track for that particular capability and then communicate them with the distributor. Um, Create a system to monitor and evaluate the performance of the distributor based on these KPIs Um, and uh, especially if it's a little bit harder to measure. Sales growth obviously very easy but there may be softer things that you would need to be creative about how you're going to measure those. Um, and then finally, you need to think about ways to support the distributors. As they get to that point. Um, all of that together um, should help you build a simple structure that you can build on top of the standard uh, criteria that you have for working with partners.
0: And what capabilities would companies in CE be looking to most commonly develop?
1: Um, the capabilities that we've heard from our clients. They usually look for in their partners are often the capabilities that their partners on the ground lack. Um, and we've identified a few um, that fall into larger buckets. Uh, one of them is financial strength, uh, which is quite significant when you think about these small local companies. Um, they might often not have the capital to invest in building their business and growing it um, or to handle more complex or large, larger business or larger accounts. So that's one challenge that multinationals face. Their local partners are not financially strong enough to be strategic partners. Um, another challenge is customer and market insight. Um, distributors might either not want to or not be able to collect and then disseminate information about market uh, conditions and opportunities to the supplier. Uh, For example, this is a challenge that we've heard is very common in Russia. Um, It makes it hard to build a strategy uh, for multinationals, especially if they don't have their own presence on the ground. Another challenge that we've heard is marketing. Um, Often, distributors may not have the know-how of how to do good marketing and how to make sure that they preserve the brand equity. Um, And uh, companies uh, with very strong brands are particularly concerned about this. Um, Another thing that we've heard is also efficient customer infrastructure. Uh, Often some of these businesses uh, don't really operate like a mature Western business. Um, They might not have, for example, tracking capabilities uh, to be able to really run their own internal processes very efficiently. And that can get in the way of scaling their business in the market or helping you expand into, say, additional regions in the market um, if they're not able to efficiently run their own business processes. And then finally, a very common challenge, um, especially as multinationals look to grow their presence in these markets, is uh, the issue of getting your distributors to provide value-added services, similar to what Canon had to do in Turkey. being able to provide good technical support, after-sales support if necessary, uh, information to customers, um, services to corporate clients. Those are the kinds of things that these distributors are often not able to do, but can be critical to multinationals looking to grow their presence in the market. And it's often the reason why multinationals might go hybrid or even direct, because they just don't trust that their partners locally can, can get that business for them and they prefer to do it themselves.
0: So for each of these capabilities, companies can develop the right incentives, the right support and monitoring to help build these things. But um, can you give an example of what companies have done to support the financial standing of their distributors?
1: So this is one of the weaknesses that um, you asked about and that I mentioned, uh, financial capabilities. Um, Sometimes it might mean taking a financial burden away from your distributors. Um, For example, multinationals have done things like holding inventory or owning a warehouse or handling importation um, separately, either through a separate provider or themselves, Um, or even maintaining an emergency stock for distributors. Things like... um, those really help the distributors focus on the process of selling. And uh, especially if they're not qualified or don't have the internal resources to do them well, it can be more of a liability to expect your distributor to do something like hold inventory or do customs clearance Um, that may not be worth the effort, if you will. And uh, if a multinational takes away that burden from them, distributors may have additional resources that they can then reinvest in building their business. So that's one way in which. the supporting side of the process could be implemented. And what about marketing? Um, In terms of supporting distributors' marketing capabilities, um, we've seen companies like um, GE or Red Bull um, conducting joint marketing initiatives with distributors or using distributor insight to jointly develop local brand strategies. Um, So a lot of companies um, themselves have significant marketing insight and skill, um, and what they can do is bring that to their distributors by working with them uh, and gradually building their capabilities in a partnership type of way. It can, of course, also help to strengthen the relationship with that distributor. In terms of uh, monitoring for marketing capabilities, um, some companies, Um, have been tracking things like marketing campaigns distributors have conducted themselves uh, or the quality of marketing campaigns. Um, It takes a little bit of um, skill to develop the right criteria there because it's not hard and fast data you can collect. Uh, But companies have been able to do that. Um, And then in terms of incentives, um, you could offer an extra bonus or additional training to the distributors, something that specifically targets the marketing activities that they conduct, rather than folding it into overall sales, because when you fold it into sales, they might try to get the sales from somewhere else and you're no longer targeting the marketing specifically. Um, So the point is to align the process clearly so that all three aspects of the management process reinforce each other.
0: So what other resources does FSG have on distributor management in CEE?
1: Um, This report that we're discussing with you today, Anna, uh, itself. Um, looks at best practices in building different distributor capabilities. Some of the challenges that we mentioned earlier, uh, including best practices. Um, It also looks at terminating distributor relationships in cases where maybe building the capabilities is not really your best option. Um, And also building your company's internal infrastructure to effectively manage distributors. So who is running this process and uh, how are they organizing it internally? Um, We also have country-specific distributor management resources on Russia and Turkey available for our clients. Um, And we also have a wealth of global best practices from across the globe, uh, many of which are highly applicable across emerging markets, including in Central and Eastern Europe, and could certainly be useful and interesting uh, for our clients interested in this topic.
0: And what new research should clients expect on CE in the coming months?
1: Um, In the coming months, we're actually focusing on a couple of markets looking in depth at helping multinationals um, grow their strategy for these markets. One is uh, one of the most attractive in terms of growth markets in Central and Eastern Europe, Kazakhstan. Um, We'll be supporting our clients in thinking about best practices for market entry and expansion into the Kazakh market, Uh, getting a sense of uh, what the opportunity looks like in that particular market Um, and what may be the challenges that they should expect if they're thinking about entering that market and taking advantage of pretty high growth for C standards um, that Kazakhstan offers. We're also looking at supporting our clients on Russia in depth. Um, Russia across EMEA and most definitely across Central Eastern Europe is the number one market for the vast majority of our clients. And the vast majority of our clients are looking at expanding, strengthening their presence in that market, whether it's by putting a couple more people on the ground or setting up local manufacturing. It really ranges. But the point there is that as more multinationals look to grow their presence in that market, competition will also increase, especially as we see growth in the market slowing so what we're looking to do is help our clients think about what is next in their Russia strategy um, and how should they implement it we'll be looking at things like uh, regional expansion what cities to go to um, as well as uh, strategies for localizing production manufacturing um, the type of strategies and questions that multinationals are facing as they look to the best way to grow their presence in Russia
0: Martina thank you this report is part two of FSG's research on outperforming in the EMEA region. As growth is cooling across EMEA, companies can no longer rely on natural market rates of growth for their performance there. Instead, executives must first allocate resources more wisely across the portfolio and second achieve best-in-class execution in their priority markets. And this analysis is certainly aimed at achieving these objectives here. As a reminder, you can speak with Martina or any of the FSG analysts at any time by simply reaching out via your account manager or directly. You can also access this full report and all FSG content on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. This concludes our podcast. Until next time, we wish you great outperformance in your emerging markets.